Hello there. Today we're building our rookie wide receiver dynasty rankings before the NFL draft takes place. Welcome to the Pretend GM Fantasy Football Show presented by Football Guys. I'm Alfredo Brown, and today I'm joined by, well, one of my usual guests, Joey Wright, who's typically here, and Joey's awesome. But we've got another guest with us today, a former staff member here at Football Guys, and he's kind of been all over the football landscape. It is Matt Harmon of Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Fantasy, and Reception Perception. He's not really into wide receivers, so I don't know why we brought him onto this show. Uh, but Matt, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, you have such a really cool tool that you have turned into a show and a website and everything. Reception Perception. For those listening or watching that have not heard of this before, can you please briefly touch on Reception Perception a little bit? Yeah, definitely thought you were going to schedule me for the tight end episode, but I, I think <laughs> as a backup plan, this this one makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, so Reception Perception, for those who are not familiar, you can find some old Reception Perception articles on, uh, on Football Guys, actually, Ooh. but uh, essentially it's the process that I use to evaluate wide receivers. It's a in-depth tool where over an eight-game sample for NFL players and for college players, I go in and I chart every single route that they run over that sample of eight games. I chart where they line up, which is, I think, really important. One of the biggest lessons for me, guys, is over, I think it was right around 2017, 2018, it really kind of clicked to me that everything with wide receivers really starts at alignment and deployment. So, I, And then evaluating from there, it, it all goes within that context. Like what one guy does, and there's so many good examples in this draft class where we can get micro with this whole thing, but from a macro stance, where these guys line up is is where you have to start everything. And, and there are guys that are going to line up at X that would not hack it at slot and vice versa for sure. So basically everything that reception perception is going to show you is, is trying to give you that full picture of wide receiver play. How often they run each route how often they get open on each route type, how often they beat man zone press uh, coverage and even double teams as well. So really trying to paint that full picture of a wide receiver so you can figure out how just how good these guys are and even more importantly, exactly what role they're going to fill in best. Yeah, and I think that information like that becomes really valuable, especially when you look at a, a draft class like this where the wide receiver position is, it's really weird to kind of say the least. I think we've been spoiled with having such good classes year after year after year and we don't necessarily have that kind of elite talent here. We're going to get into all that, but the wide receiver landscape got a little bit weirder this weekend. We got some Easter Sunday news. Odell Beckham Jr. and the Baltimore Ravens agreed to a one-year deal with $15 million of guaranteed money and then up to $18 million total uh, with performance bonuses and all that kind of stuff. Matt, this seems to be kind of like the biggest and only step that the Ravens have made towards actually bringing back Lamar Jackson or making the scenario around him better. It's a really weird contract negotiation thing. Uh, probably one of the weirder ones we've seen. Lamar's already FaceTiming with Odell Beckham. So let's assume that he's mm -hmm. going to be the quarterback week one there, right? What's that fantasy landscape looking like in Baltimore with Odell Beckham Jr. now in the starting lineup for the Ravens? You know, uh, I do actually think the fact that, you know, Lamar was posting about it and the FaceTiming and everything, I actually do think that's kind of important because I still feel like the most realistic scenario um, and the best case scenario, frankly, for everybody involved is that Lamar is back in Baltimore, preferably on a long term deal. But at the very least, if he's going to play out this year on the franchise tag um that they can get that like th that can be copacetic that it's not like he's going to show because they're, they're installing a new offense and and i like the idea of todd monk and taking over as the play caller there but you want that relationship to be good and you want him to show up as soon as possible so if you get beckham in the door and, and that's part of bringing lamar back in i think that's a win right there for the ravens like if they can if they can get that part like that's a, the biggest thing that comes out of this signing they can get that part done that's great but from a pure on-field perspective look we obviously know 
that with Odell Beckham, there are there are going to be question marks, you know, because of the injuries and everything. But I posted this, of course, you know, the NFL can't give us like one one Sunday, uh, a holiday Sunday where we're just able to put down the phones and everything. <laughs> right. I, I tweeted this out yesterday that obviously there are there, there's no way that Odell Beckham ever gets back to like the legendary performances he used to have in reception perception back in the day. His rookie season is actually still the best success rate versus press coverage score I've ever charted since 2014. Like th that's how incredible uh he was at his peak he's never going to be that player again but even last time we saw him with both the browns and, and i think that part's important both with the browns and with the rams he was a really good player who could beat press man coverage beat zone coverage could get open all three levels of the field and could win contested as well so if the ravens are getting that player and again he is coming back from another torn acl that that's definitely a problem although it's going to be distant memory at this point by the time he actually gets on the field that would be great. It, guys, that's exactly what Baltimore needs. They need a player like that. And then they could potentially have Odo Beckham play at X receiver. I'm a huge Rashad Bateman fan. I think they could play him off the line at flanker. They can move him into the slot. I think either of those is a really good role for him. So Lamar is certainly going to go out there and – he's going to have the best three set of pass catchers he's had. I think in his entire career, when you look at Odell Beckham provided that he's close to the player we used to, we used to uh, have seen and we're familiar with Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, I still think can take that next step as well. Yeah. And Odell Beckham coming off of two separate knee injuries. He's into his thirties. Now he's like, you're saying that he's not the same player he used to be, but it's crazy to think that this could actually be the best set of receivers that Lamar Jackson actually gets to play with Joey. With that in mind, do the Ravens, actually still have a shot of picking a wide receiver early in the NFL draft here, or is that totally off the menu now? I don't think it's off the menu. I think Matt just said the question marks. Um, I think you could easily see them take an early round wide receiver. And in addition to like making the team better, it would probably make Lamar a little happier to bring in another quality receiver for him. So I could absolutely see it happening. Well, gentlemen, today we are building our own pre-draft rookie wide receiver rankings by using the consensus rookie rankings from the Football Guys website as our starting point. I felt like this was just kind of a cool exercise to do. Like everyone just comes up with their own rankings. Let's go and let's grab a bunch of other ones and kind of, you know, mutilate them a little bit with our own opinions here. But we're going to pit two subsequently ranked wide receivers against each other. And then we're each going to vote on these receivers and pick which one we rank higher. The winner gets ranked. The loser kind of moves down the list. And without any further ado... I think at number one, we are all in agreement. There's no debate here. It's Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. And uh, Joey, he, he's the wide receiver one across the board here. Do you think that he is someone that is landing spot proof? He can just basically go anywhere in the draft? I mean, I looked at the first round and kind of pretty much the top of the first round. And there's really not a place that I could see him going that I wouldn't be like, okay. Uh, even if he went to New England at 14, I think I'd be pretty happy. Uh, I've seen a few mocks doing the little double Texans pick. At three and there's at 12, uh, where the Texans possibly get Stroud and then grab him. That would be very, very exciting if that were to happen. I mean, that seems a little fever dreamish, but I think he's pretty much landing spot proof. Yeah, I think that a guy with his sort of skill set, because of where he lines up on the field, because of what he's good at, whether your quarterback's good, bad, young, old, whatever, that's just a guy that becomes the best friend of, of a quarterback. And Matt, based on your evaluation, this is one that I've seen a lot. A lot of people in you know, Dynasty Leagues trading their rookie pa their rookie picks and getting really excited now. I've seen a lot of talk of Jackson Smith and Jigba being the wide receiver one for this class, and then Drake London, who for many was the wide receiver one of the last class. If you were to pit these guys against each other, who's the better prospect? Yeah, I, I think it's Drake London. And I actually think 
that if I was to combine the last few classes together, which by the way is a is a rankings tool I'm actually working on for receptionperception.com. So that will be uh, that that that'll be a, the, the the new feature coming out and, and can actually put this together. But I think he would probably be behind all three of the top three guys from last year. Uh, I would think he'd be behind Drake London, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson. But that's not to say that he is a, a bad prospect. I, I think he's a great player. I think he's very safe. Like you mentioned, I, I agree, Alfredo. I think he'll be the quarterback's best friend. Um, I think that'll be a, a, a great role for him to fit into as a player who can win. A little bit outside, but primarily inside, and give you those layup targets. I mean, there are so many offenses out there that could use a receiver that can get open in that short to intermediate range. And of course, I think he brings a lot of reliability there. All right, guys, let's move on to wide receiver two here. And we finally have our first matchup Jordan Addison out of USC versus Quinton Johnston of TCU. And these are guys that have been kind of ranked all over the board. Matt, I'm going to throw this to you first. Who are you going with here between Jordan Addison or Quinton Johnston? Yeah, this is definitely where it starts to get interesting. I, I think Jordan Addison, though, is the guy I'm going to go with uh, between these two players. And I like Jordan Addison a lot. Um, I do have questions about his ceiling, uh, not just because of the size, but because of the size, it shows up on tape, I think, especially if you're going to have him be out there. I, I don't think he can be like your X receiver. I think he really struggles to get on top of guys on pure vertical routes, like go routes, nine routes, stuff like that, when he's lined up against a tough physical press man corner. So for me, I think he fits in kind of more in that Jahan Dotson-ish range from last year. Like, he's that type of prospect, which is no shade to Jordan Addison because I was a big Jahan Dotson fan. I, I like a lot of what he showed at the NFL level in year one. So give me uh, him over Quinton Johnston. Again, I do just kind of have questions about the ceiling long-term with him. All right, Joey, where did you end up going here between Addison and Johnston? Yeah, I, w I went Addison. I mean, I was watching the tape, and it was kind of tough for me to tell where he played his first years of college because he had all those like great play stickers all over his helmet. I couldn't find the <laughs> logo, um, but I read that I think it was Pitt, so that was good to see. But yeah, he averaged research. Five. Yeah, thank you. I'm just knocking the research out of the park today. Let me tell you, <laughs> uh, 15.5 yards per reception. Uh, his quickness and ability to change direction is going to be a huge problem for opposing defenses. It was Addison, pretty simply, um, not knowing landing spot at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. It's Jordan Addison. And it's one of those things that I think that we kind of get really caught up in the athletic testing stuff. And, you know, I think it's kind of taking those numbers and what we have there and then contextualizing it into what a wide receiver is actually doing on the field. There's very, very rarely do we ever have that instance where a wide receiver is coming out of a track stance with no one on. Okay, I said rarely. Never is this actually happening where they're coming out of a track stance <laughs> and running 40 yards straight downfield, you know, or running these three cone type things. So uh, I think these are, they're, good numbers to look at and I, you know you go back and you see what addison did 42nd out of 50 participants at the nfl combine for the athletic score not great but he makes up for that stuff he's a very smart route runner and what i love is just a guy who can manipulate you know defensive backs hide in their blind spots and just attack those open areas of the field so i think he's one of those players that'll be a good uh let's call him wide receiver two in the nfl i just don't know that he ever lines up across from a top corner in the league and just consistently wins. But I think he's going to be a good weapon for an offense somewhere in that middle part of the first round of the draft. And boys, I went on to Twitter and asked them their opinion between Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston. We all know Twitter's never wrong. Social media is always <laughs> correct. And they went with Jordan Addison with 61% of the vote. So look at that. Everyone still loves us, at least for now. It's not going to keep going that way. All right, let's get to our wide receiver three here. Quentin Johnston moves down the board. And he is now up against Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Matt, I'm going to let you go first again on this one. Johnston or Zay Flowers? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've honestly gone back and forth pretty hard between Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers. I think those two guys are tough to stack uh, up, and I've like flip flopped them a lot because I think there are strengths and weaknesses and plus and minuses to both guys. But in terms of uh, this one, so I, I think you can guess my answer here is going to be Zay Flowers over Quinton Johnson. Um, the 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 Zay Flowers stuff, he's a really easy player, I think, to like. Um, I do kind of bulk at the high-end comparisons, you know, when people compare Zay Flowers to Antonio Brown. Um, I get it from Lots a size. But, like, come on, man. That, uh, let's not compare players it's to, like, one of the five best players to ever play the position. I mean, he every was that time. good at his peak. Every, every time, time there's a rookie yeah. player comp, it is a Hall of Famer or a, a top-tier elite talent. It's never just like a normal player. Yeah, it's it's never like, a, oh, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders. What a great, what right. a great comp, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you're going to have an Emmanuel Sanders career – that's that's great. You would take that from your that's late solid. first round pick, your early second round pick in the NFL draft. So um, Zay Flowers, though, I think he makes a lot of sense. I actually end up comparing him to Deontay Johnson, who basically is like the the Diet Coke version of Antonio Brown, but a bit more of a mistake prone player anyways. So I, I think that fits for Zay Flowers, who I, I do think is a bit of a mistake prone player as well. But great route runner. Love his ability off the line of scrimmage against press coverage. I think he could play any three of the receiver positions. Like I actually feel better about Zay Flowers functioning out at X receiver than I do Jordan Addison because I've seen him fight through physical press. I've seen him be more of a vertical X receiver than Jordan Addison necessarily has. Um, I think Addison might be a little safer, but that ceiling with flowers is worth chasing who also gives you some after catch pop as well. Joey, where are you leaning here? Qu Harley Quinton Johnston. That's a little inside joke since you don't know how to, how to spell his name or yeah. Zay flowers. Where there are you going go. here? Johnston or flowers? Yeah, it's it's flowers for me. Like Matt said, that ability to find yards after the catch. I mean, he can accelerate and switch directions so fast. It's so fun watching his tape. And the only criticism I really have with him is the drops. Uh, 24 drops at Boston College uh, for an 11% drop rate. I'd like to see him work on that. But other than that, I mean, I think he's a great first-round wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going to go with you guys. I'm going flowers here as well. And yeah, the drops are something I think that's not notable. But it's also one of those things that's just like, it's a causality too. It's, it's how often is this player getting targeted and having the ball thrown their way from a, a bad quarterback making a bad pass where that ball is maybe not where it should have been. And like, these are <laughs> things that we, it, it's true. Like these numbers are always great, Brutal but they, there's something that play. needs, there, yeah. it's something that needs context, right? And like we saw Deontay Johnson had some of the most drops in the league. Is he a bad wide receiver by any means? No, that's why I, I do love that comp that you made for him, Matt. Um, and, and there's actually reports coming out now that there's some some rumors that Zay Flowers could be the first wide receiver drafted. Uh, lots of talk about him going to New England at that spot you mentioned, Joey. So I think teams are getting a little bit more comfortable taking these smaller guys. That's where the NFL seems to be trending. As long as these guys can be playmakers uh, and, you know, maybe not hitting all those traditional size thresholds. Now, gentlemen, I put this. Hey, up if, the if the Patriots do, if the Patriots do take Zay Flowers, like you mentioned, uh, does that like. Does that mean we got to give them a stock down because they're like the worst receiver drafting oh. team in the league? It's like, hey, if they yeah. if they love Zay Flowers to make him the first receiver off the board, they're that bullish on him. They take him at like the 14th overall pick. I think they're sitting at. That's like, ooh, yeah, man. Maybe if Bill likes him, I don't know. That's a that's a bit of a question. <laughs> yes, I I think we're getting a, Bill Belichick and those Patriots are getting a little bit more exposed now that Tom Brady doesn't like cover up the stink. And you're so right, man. Like when it comes to wide receivers, what Nikhil Harry. Like, what else are we looking yeah. at here? They haven't had much. Like, Jacoby Myers has been one of their best receivers they've had in years, and now he's not even there. So, undrafted yeah, I, I, guy, too. But they didn't even draft him. He was an undrafted player, right? So, yeah. yeah there you go. So, like, yeah, I would not be excited about Tay Flowers there. Uh, I think he does get a little bit of a ding. 
So I put this matchup of Johnston versus Flowers on Twitter, and it was exactly 50-50 from the public there. They are right just split down the middle. So uh, I think we made the decision for everybody. Now, if you've been enjoying this episode, please be sure to leave a review for the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Five stars helps a lot. It allows our show to get out to more people. It keeps Joe Bryant happy, you know, and then we get to keep our jobs. Like I just started with this full-time job, so I really want to keep it. Uh, if you'd like to take, you know, our relationship here to the next step and, you know, go from audio to, to video, you get to see our faces. Head on over to youtube.com slash football guys. You'll be able to watch every episode and leave us some nice comments because, you know, YouTube comment section is uh, it's a war zone out there and we need some nice people in those comments. So, uh, gentlemen, let's move on to wide receiver four here. Quentin Johnston is just in a free fall at the moment and he's going up against one of my favorites. So you kind of know where I'm leading. Josh Downs, wide receiver from North Carolina. Matt, I'm have you start this off. Who are you going with Johnston or Downs? Oh man, this one is tough. And I, another one I flip flop on a lot. Um, in fact, when I, I'm, the guy I picked, I think for the show, I picked, I think I picked Josh Downs, uh, but I might change my mind when I put the, when I put the final rankings on, on the site, I think this one could be one where I flip flop a lot, but I, for the sake of the show, I did vote for Josh Downs, a player that I really like again, I think he's a safe player. I think he's got a really high floor, which is certainly not what you would say about Quinton Johnson, who I think is a little bit more volatile as this this ranking is is, is showing up here today. Josh Downs, though, I think is just an easy player to like. Um, he's a guy who gets in and out of his breaks really well. I think he's an easy separator. Um, I know there's some questions about translating slot production to the NFL. I don't really care about the production profile part of it. Um, what I care about is the easy to translate skills. And I know that you'll talk about them as well, Alfredo, like great hands in contested situations, despite the size, he's a player who plays above that frame. He's a player who can win above the rim, despite being a smaller guy, love that part of him and just love his route running as well. I think he's an easy translatable slot receiver. Um, that's not going to be for everybody. Like when we're talking about Johnston versus downs, like you couldn't probably talk about two more different deployment and role perspectives especially at the right. collegiate level but I, I for me just typologically i like josh downs a lot all right joey we have agreed on every single wide receiver so far there has not been a single disagreement does that break with you here in johnston versus downs i feel like i'm the guy on these like the head up matchup shows that we've been doing that i'm the guy that breaks first and so yeah i am gonna break it's johnston for me <laughs> um i do like him a little bit better but as far as downs everything matt said is correct um, his ability to haul on the catch uh, while contested is fantastic. And the teams are going to draft him. Um, actually, only one team will draft him. I don't think two teams or two teams have to draft one player. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's allowed happen. anymore. No, this it's just one team. Not, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like he's a good fit for Kansas City, believe it or not, if they can get him towards mm -hmm. the end if he falls a little bit. Um, because I do think the player we're going to talk about next might get drafted before him. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with Downs. Joey, that was a professional tease right there, and I like it very much. Now, no, now listeners just glued to the edge of their seat. You did it. Yeah. All right. I, I guess I have to break the tie here, and I kind of already gave away the ending. Spoiler alert. I'm going Josh Downs, and uh, it's uh, so many of the reasons that you guys already talked about, and I think what's crazy here is looking at these two players that could not be on more opposite ends of the spectrum, where you have this big guy who struggles with route running and nuance and contested catches. And then you have one of the smallest guys in the draft that is an excellent route runner, has incredible spatial awareness of every single defensive back. Like he plays chess when he's out there. 
he knows where where those open zones are and he's able to kind of maneuver away from his defenders last minute to get into that open space where he can catch and run uh, I, I just I love what Josh Downs does he's the guy that makes the quarterback more comfortable out there and I think that's what every offense wants uh, and the fact that he is at this just diminutive size and crushes it in the contested catch game. Yeah, I, I love that. I think the only thing that he would need to improve on is size and you can't really improve on that. So uh, th the ceiling is limited, but the floor is very high. And I think he's one of those guys that comes in immediately into a, uh, a slot role in the league and a pretty high volume role. Uh, I think if I read this correctly, he has either had no top 30 visits or maybe just had like one or two recently that finally mm -hmm. happened, but he is way behind on everyone else. And a lot of the talk out there is because teams know what they're getting with Josh Downs. Like there's not a lot to investigate there with him. You know, it's not Quentin Johnson. It's not Zay flowers. You know what you got with him. So guys, I, I put this question out to Twitter again and Joey Twitter agrees with you. 77% 77% says Quentin Johnston. And yeah. I think a lot of that is just, you know, it's just sexy man like he's tall he's <laughs> fast like he's got the cool number the dreads like that's just the, the public loves him yeah. uh, all right let's move on to our wide receiver five here uh, even though twitter picked quentin johnston he's still gonna move down so we got quentin johnston versus jalen hyatt and i think that these might be the two most polarizing wide receivers in this whole draft class matt i'm gonna let you take first crack at this johnston or hyatt yeah, this one's easy, Johnston, to me. Um, and it, we'll talk about Jalen Hyde a little bit later and how that's a complicated evaluation. But I agree with a lot of what you said about Quinton Johnston, um, that he is he's a sexy pick. He's a sexy player for sure. Um, I, I do have a lot of questions about the translation to the NFL, though. Even the stuff that he's really, really good at in college, the yak stuff. Um, like, we get on running backs and even quarterbacks for, like, seeking out contact and, and, and creating those – opportunities for themselves to get tackled in the open field i think johnson seeks that out a lot which boosts his like yak numbers boosts his broken tackle numbers um but in the nfl it's like sometimes you want to just get upfield like get upfield and, and and don't put yourself in a tackle breaking scenario I, so i, I kind of have a little but that's nitpicky stuff because i think the yak stuff will be the the, the biggest part of his game and, and one of the most appealing parts of his profile it's kind of funny that like we're talking about this class full of these smaller receivers and i kind of think the guy that plays smallest of all of them is the the 6'3 210 plus pound guy here in quinton johnston the catch point stuff is really concerning he lets so many balls into his body he has this giant wingspan this giant frame and he really hardly ever uses it now you could take that as a positive or a negative that he's shown so many good things and if like he just gets the right coach to really ride him a little bit and to push him like he could end up being easily the best receiver of this draft class that's just just hard to know and, and you mentioned like a top 30 visits he's a guy i'd absolutely want to have in the building for a top 30 visit because it's all going to come down to work ethic for a guy like this. And I don't know Quentin Johnston. I, I, maybe you guys do. I don't. Um, I, I've never sat down with him. But, uh, you know, I, and even if I did, it's hard to know who is the guy going to put in the effort that's going to need to take him from being an inconsistent, splashy, big play threat or a true, like, 130, 140 target receiver that I think he absolutely could be. To me, he he – very similarly grades out to Christian Watson from last year's draft class, like, but a little bit more proven because we've seen him at a bit of a higher level uh, of, we've just seen straight up more of him, seen him at a higher level of competition, even though the big 12 is not known for big time defense. I, I think he's a guy that could be 
went on posts, went on slants, went on go routes, and really that's just about it. And you get him going in the open field just like Christian Watson uh, was as a rookie, but I think there's potential for more than that. So very volatile player here. If I'm not mistaken, you bring up Christian Watson, uh, TCU's head coach, isn't that that's Sonny Dykes, right? And he was the head coach at North Dakota State not too long ago, like last <laughs> year, right, with Christian Watson. So it kind of it kind of makes sense that he was able to utilize him. Uh, Joey, I mean, the secret's out. I know you went Quentin Johnson because he did it last yeah. round. Uh, tell me a little bit more here about why you go Johnston over a guy like Hyatt. So I, I do like big body receivers. I really do. And I think he provides something different in this draft class compared to what a lot of other guys have until we get a little further down the list. Um, and while the talent might not win out that part, if a team's looking for a big body receiver, maybe like a red zone threat that is going to use some physicality, I think Johnson can be that guy. Now he needs, like Matt said, he needs to find a coach that's going to coach that physicality correctly because that was one of his main criticisms coming out. Um, but I could see him going as high as ninth overall to Chicago. But if I had to put him somewhere with the Chargers at 21, if he falls like he has for us today, would just be really, really nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that he's going to be one of these guys that it's just going to be so volatile. All the draft projections and even once he is drafted and he's on a team and we think we know what we're talking about, his rookie year projections are going to be all over the place, too. He's yeah. a guy that I think is it's Matt. You touched on this. It's going to be coaching. It's going to be patience. It's going to be like, what kind of work ethic is he going to put in? And you mentioned Christian Watson. And he also kind of reminds me a little bit of like Traylon Burks is this guy who's so good after the catch. And it's just, well, he doesn't have a lot of experience with a full route tree. And we don't know, maybe he can run all those routes and he just simply wasn't asked to do that in TCU's offense with Max Duggan out there, just throwing ducks left and right. <laughs> but it's really hard to bank on that. And it's that's, that's why I think I have Quentin Johnson here as my wide receiver five as well. Um, I want him because of his size and because of his speed and because of all that, I want him to be that guy that can go play above the rim. I want him to be more like a T Higgins, right? A guy that you mm -hmm. can have him out there as just a go, go and get it type receiver. And uh, right now it's just to throw out a name. He's more like a, a bit like a Terrace Marshall, like a strider who can make some big plays every now and then, uh, uh, you know, he needs the refinement as a route runner. He needs to be a better hands catcher. He needs to do all those little things that make him a pro. Uh, so yeah, Quentin Johnson, I think well above Jalen Hyatt at this point. Uh, Twitter agrees. They went 93% Quinton Johnston as the Johnston love from Twitter continues. Gentlemen, Jalen Hyatt moves down and he is going up against Marvin Mims for the right to call himself wide receiver six in the rankings here for the show. I'm going to flip this around a little bit. Joey, I'm going to start with you. Who did you go with here between Jalen Hyatt and Marvin Mims? Oh, I can't give away. I was about to, I almost led with something I shouldn't, but yeah, I went with Hyatt here. Uh, 1,267 receiving yards on just 67 receptions and 15 touchdowns last year. It seems out of the question, but Tennessee did kind of allow him to kind of roam free a little bit. Um, they had a tendency to keep a little bit on coverage. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm being generous. We'll talk more about know, that. We want to be positive, right? Um, athleticism and speed uh, should prove mouthwatering for pretty much any GM though. Um, he's the first receiver that we've mentioned today that I kind of do see more towards that second round, um, capital. Um, although Dallas, you know, with the 26th pick, he might be a good enough destination, might be a good fit there for them to come up. Uh, their division plays the most zone defenses next year, uh, hmm. with the giants commanders and Eagles. They were all in the top seven last season with the most zone defensive plays. Uh, so I, it what could be a really good fit for Dallas. 
Joe, that's a good that's a good little deep dive there on on some defensive tendencies. So yeah, I mean, I think that's what, what you Once touched again, on there is, is today. <laughs> I, I see you, man. I see you. You get into your bag. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Jalen Hyatt, he's going to be one of those. It's, it's going to be a very special type of process for Jalen Hyatt in the NFL. Um, not not anywhere near what Quentin Johnson has to go through. It's going to be way more uh, for that reason. I went with Marvin Mims here. Uh, I remember when I started the whole, you know, evaluation process of watching the film on these guys here, I had someone be like, oh man, you got to go watch Jalen Hyatt's film against Alabama. He put on a clinic and I watched it and I was like, no, he did not. He ran in a straight line with no one around him. And like, there's just, there's not a lot of nuance to what they had to do that, that offense in Tennessee was just not great not not great for translating to the nfl and the crazy thing is i think that hi it's still gonna end up being one of these guys that could sneak into the first round or be an early second round pick and i don't even think he should go there um he's got a lot of work to do but i went with mims because i think that what mims can what mims does he can do everything that hyatt does and i think he's done it a bit more consistently he's done it with multiple coaches multiple offensive schemes multiple quarterbacks at oklahoma he's done it from an early age and i think that's something you look for when it translates to the nfl and uh analytically for our number crunches out there he's an absolute stud like it goes all the way back to high school where he set the state record Hmm. in career receiving yards he uh had the most receiving yards as a high school senior in the history of high school football in the united states 2,629 yards. Like that's not even, that that shouldn't be real, but it is. He broke out as a true freshman. He's led Oklahoma in receiving yards every single year. And, you know, all the athletic, the athletic testing was great. For me, the the question marks are going to be one. We talked about it already. The big 12 defenses, they suck. It's not so much a question as a statement. And uh, can he add a little bit more versatility to his game? What he does is, you know, he really wins in those deep routes and, and with the speed. And I want to see him throttle down a bit more, be able to learn how to use those intermediate routes, how to change direction a little bit better. Something that I think a lot of fast dudes struggle with. And uh, I gave him a little bit of a comp to T.Y. Hilton and Darnell Mooney as a guy that can take the top off and do some pretty, you know, cool things, explosive things. But his his profile, his receiving profile needs to grow. So we've got a tie right now. Matt, you get to break this tie here. Yeah, and, and I went with the cowards way out, and I took Jalen Hyatt, and I like Marvin Mims, and and I have all of these guys, uh, the next few players that we're going to talk about, Marvin Mims included here, and Jalen Hyatt, all in the same like bucket, the same tier, which is I think kind of controversial because Jalen Hyatt's a guy who is consistently mocked in the first round, um, and you know, Joe, you brought the Chargers for Quinton Johnson earlier. I I think like. If Jalen Hyatt lands on the Chargers, that's like perfect. That's exactly yeah. what they need. They some yeah. they need someone to to rip the lid off the defenses. And you know, few offenses in the NFL have had a harder glass ceiling, harder limit, uh, a roof just stuck over the offense than the LA Chargers. So Jalen Hyatt would be there to do one thing, and he'd be there to do it really well. I actually think that's a pick that could end up happening. But I, I agree that Jalen Hyatt. I mean. But like he's a tough box score scout because he's playing in like a fake news Looney Tunes offense, as Charles McDonald called it on on our Yahoo podcast <laughs> the, last week. Like that's just not real stuff. It's it's great for the collegiate game, and like you should absolutely, if you're going to run a college offense, like it's great to to take that Tennessee offense. But it's just not replicable to to what's going to happen in the NFL because the hash marks, the way they can line those guys, still in the slot, but so far off outside in stack formations and stuff like that. He's just going to have to get a lot better to be like a legitimate volume receiver. He's going to have to get a lot better as a route runner, but he can definitely he could definitely be a deep threat because the one thing I like about him is, you know, I've seen like Josh Norris compare him to Ted Ginn and and I actually think that's a really good comparison and like hey, if he has Ted Ginn's career path, 
as like a late first round, early second round player, you're probably not going to love it, but you're not going to hate it. You know, this is a guy who put up like three straight 700 yard seasons and was a legit deep threat for a variety of teams. Ted Ginn just went damn ninth overall. You know that that, that you don't want to be doing. Don't remind me. Yeah, sorry. You don't want to be doing that, but you, he's a perfectly fine, useful NFL player. Um, and, you know, I think the one thing that's different between Ted Ginn and Jalen Hyatt, it, it, you know, to put some pain on myself here, Alfredo, like if you grew up as a Panthers fan, you remember like Cam Newton just launching like an, a Call of Duty style airdrop <laughs> deep ball perfectly right to Ted Ginn Jr., wide, completely wide open, and it was still like a 50-50 ball, like a contested catch type of situation because Ted Ginn could just drop that thing out of nowhere. He was a terrible deep ball tracker. I think Jalen Hyatt is a much better deep ball tracker. He has much better hands down the field. So that's one positive to him, but I do agree he's going to be a limited application player. Yeah, I think what a lot of GMs and coaches are going to get excited about is simply just that speed, right? And if they can find creative ways to use him and you see more of like that Mike McDaniels-esque offense where you're moving players around, a lot of what he did at Tennessee where he was constantly on the move and constantly stacked behind another wide receiver, he, he's going to find success in the NFL with that. So, Matt, you broke the tie there and Jalen Hyatt becomes our wide receiver six. However, Twitter agrees with me and they went with Marvin Mims with 57% of the vote. But as we know, public opinion doesn't really matter. So Marvin Mims moves down. We're looking at wide receiver seven here. And, uh, well, this is going to decide our final two spots. So it is Marvin Mims versus Cedric Tillman, the other Tennessee wide receiver. Matt, I'm going to let you take this one first. Mims or Tillman? Yeah, last week was like Marvin Mims week on Twitter. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a great time to be there if you're a Mims truther. Um, I'm going to go against Mims again here, and it's not because I don't like the player. I agree with your T.Y. Hilton comp is the same one that I made in his reception perception profile. But the thing I like about Tillman is I think he might legitimately be the best true X receiver prospect in this class, which is crazy because we've gotten here to wide receiver eight, and I'm bringing up this might be the best X receiver prospect in the class because Quinta Johnson has the size, but I'm not sure you want him running a full X receiver route tree against press coverage, man coverage, top-level corners consistently. Cedric Tillman is not necessarily a separator. Um, his success rate versus man and zone coverage scores were actually pretty similar to George Pickens from last year's draft class, who was another just like – pure true blue X receiver prospect. I think Pickens was a bit better against press um, than Cedric Tillman is, which I think is kind of where my ceiling questions come in with Tillman, but guy can go up and get the football. I think he's, he'll sneak up on you as a long strider after the catch physical player. Um, and again, I love the way he high points the football and I, that's probably the best part of his game. So if you're looking at for that X receiver he might fit somewhere on the um, Devontae Parker to T. Higgins axis of players. Um, and like, where is he going to fall on that axis? I think will obviously depend on the ceiling he reaches as a player. But it, I could totally see a team that needs an X receiver saying like, yeah, we're not going to be messing around with like Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison in the first round because they might not be those type of guys. I need a player with size. I'm going to go get uh, – I'm going to go get me some Cedric Tillman in the second or third round. I, I like the player a lot. Yeah, Cedric Tillman's a guy that I actually think is better than Jalen Hyatt, if I'm being totally honest. Like, if I was just making this my own rankings, that. that's where I'm putting him. Uh, Joey, Cedric Tillman, Marvin Mims, which direction are you going here? <clears throat> Matt, we had such a good thing going. And, like, <laughs> Matching no. shirts. No, uh, I know, right? It's, uh, yeah, um, mold, molding gonna... into one color here. Yeah, I did the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Molding into one person. 
excuse me. Um, yeah, I went Mims here. I know it's not going to improve his draft position, but he had like my favorite catch last year in college football. The one against Texas Tech where he pinned the ball to the uh, defender's back. If you haven't seen it, it's really cool. Go go on YouTube. I think you can find it there. That's where I found it. Um, yeah, you know, he averaged 20.1 uh, yards per receptions last season. Only knock really is that it was kind of limited. We didn't really see a whole lot out of him. Um, he's vertical receiver at Oklahoma, even though on paper he looks more like a prototypical slot receiver. I think if a team can unlock that with him, um, he could very well be one of the best receivers in this draft. Yeah, I uh, I went with Mims here as well, but I already you know gave you guys my whole mm-hmm. uh, rundown on, on Marvin Mims. So I'll give you a little bit on, on Cedric Tillman here. I already mentioned I think he's a little bit better than, than Jalen Hyatt. Uh, we got to see that production in 2021, and then he was injured throughout most of the year in 2022. And I think that paved the way for a lot of what Jalen Hyatt was able to do. Uh, Matt, you mentioned that he's like one of these maybe the best x receiver in this draft and you know he's not going to be f- as fast as a guy like quentin johnston and i mean we see that with his testing and he's not super explosive as an athlete but what i i just i love a big receiver that can actually just play like a big receiver and do what he's asked to do yeah. and win contested catches and and i think uh, it's funny you mentioned Devonte parker like as a Dolphins fan, that's what I saw so many years was Devontae winning on those contested catches. He didn't necessarily create a whole lot of separation, but that's that's what that's what Cedric Tillman can do. And that's I kind of comped him here to kind of mix of Devontae Parker and Nico Collins is the kind of these big body guys that can win with their release off the line of scrimmage against the corner, but they're not necessarily going to burn them deep. And um, it's funny because I don't even think that was really the right type of offense for a guy like Cedric Tillman over there in Tennessee. And I think that yeah. he's one of those guys that could get better when he goes to the NFL because he's going to be in an offense that fits his skill set a bit a mm-hmm. bit better. Um, sorry, Joe. I couldn't, I couldn't get a bit better out there. Uh, well, Twitter, once again, went with Marvin Mims here, 70%. So that puts Cedric Tillman as our wide receiver eight. So we've got our top eight consensus wide receivers here for this show. Guys, I want to ask, are there any other names you believe fantasy managers should keep an eye on that might surprise us here uh, in the NFL draft? Joey, I'll throw that to you first. Yeah, if he's 100% healthy, uh, Keishon Butte, like... Just please be healthy. Is so it booty or boutte? Be... I've heard it both ways. So on it's the is it boutte? Okay, I think so. I don't want to say think... booty on stream. I, although I am wearing my sorry Joe shirt, so I'm all backed up in case. I, I mean, after it. what I just did, you're fine. Just say whatever. <laughs> I mean, if sometimes uh, though, like booty, you know, they pronounce it boutte, and like you know, in a, in a certain in certain songs, certain places, you know, I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I six one tell... half dozen the other. If the LSU announcers are just leaning into like the longer, you know, like that Louisiana yeah. draw, like Boutte, I couldn't tell. So. Like, I really, I really want that though from an announcer for an LSU game to be like the assistant coach from the Water Boy, and have have that <laughs> <laughs> Boutte. Like, I, that's that's the voice I want. <laughs> Me too, and I think now we all want that, Alfredo. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we all do. All right, Matt. Anyone else that fantasy managers should be keeping an eye on uh, for from this rookie position, uh, wide receiver after the NFL draft? Yeah, this guy. Um, I got a few, one other, at least one other player that we haven't talked about today, ranked a little bit higher. But um, I'll talk about Jonathan Mingo here, just because I think he's a little bit under the radar. Like his production pro- profile doesn't really pop up, but he's a guy similar, like you said, with Tillman that I think could actually be better in the NFL than he was um, as, as as a collegiate player. His again, RP success rates are so like eerily similar to a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown when he was playing as a 70% outside receiver at USC. And in his, if you go back onto the site and look at his reception perception profile, you'll see I'm like, my instincts tell me this guy is a slot receiver. Like he should be in a 
like Cooper Cup type of role, and that's exactly what he's been in the NFL. And I think Mingo would function really well in, as a, as a similar type of player. Again, he was about seventy percent outside of the games that I sampled from Ole Miss last year. But I think he, you'd see him, though, used inside. You'd actually see him sometimes lined up like tight to the formation, even in the backfield as like a, a blocker with some heft. Maybe not like the highest ceiling type of player, but I love the way he separates on short routes. I think he's tough as hell after the catch and at the catch point. I think he's a physical player that, again, if you move him into that power slot type role and he lands – with a you know Shanahan style of offense that wants a receiver that blocks, wants a receiver you know like a Alan Lazard. I, again, Alan Lazard, boring, boring, boring comparison here, but Lazard has had some great moments as almost like a big pseudo tight end, hefty slot receiver for the Green Bay Packers in a Shanahan offshoot offense. I think that Jonathan Mingo could be a, a very similar type of player if he's used in that type of role. Oh, I got to bring you back for the full hour that we do just on blocking receivers because that episode is going to crush. <laughs> yeah, the the numbers just just stack them up. The, the views yeah. are going to be crazy on the blocking receiver episode. <laughs> All right, so Joey, you went with uh, booty or bootay? Still not sure how we're going to say that. I think it's bootay. With... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to leave a little bit of mystery there for us. Yeah. Matt, you went with uh, Mingo, and then I'm going to throw out another name here: Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Uh, a guy, he started out at Western Michigan and uh, he was the team's leading wide receiver as a freshman. He outproduced D Eskridge as a junior uh, and who became an eventual second round pick. Maybe shouldn't have been a second round pick, but still like to, to come into that situation and outproduce a guy who you know, had this NFL draft capital come to him and do it as a freshman. Uh, just it, it kind of speaks on, on what kind of player Jaden Reed was crushed at the senior bowl recently should really showed his ability to separate and uh, he's got that versatility he can play out wide he can play in the slot as well where I, I think he might kind of get relegated to that in the NFL because of that size uh, and, and you know the I don't want to say lack of athletic ability but it's it, he's not going to be one of those X or Z receivers in the next level. Uh, and something that I think was just really interesting is this is the draft class of a lot of small guys that are really good with the contested catches and uh, Jaden Reed number two in the draft class and contested catch rate behind Josh Downs. So this is a, this is the season of the short Kings for the NFL draft, man. Wide receivers. These guys are the short guys are just crushing it. Gentlemen, that is it for us today. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us, Joey, as always, you know, whatever. Thanks for being on. Yeah, <laughs> you're here. <laughs> Uh, I'll be back next week to talk rookie quarterbacks with Jordan Van Eck from the 33rd team and Matt Ooh. Waldman of Football Guys and Rookie Scouting Portfolio fame. Quarterbacks and tight ends. It's going to be a lot of fun for myself, for Joey, and our special guest, Matt Harmon. Thank you so much for listening. Adios.